0: Hey everyone, it's Michael here from GoodyReader.com and today I'm going to talk to you about audiobooks. It's a segment of the digital publishing industry that I'm very bullish and I've first heard about them maybe about four or five years ago in terms of the digital format and i felt that they were really on the cusp of something big so every year i've been doing annual reports to really give people informed about the audiobook industry some of the challenges it's facing new distribution models and how it's really growing and i published probably my most epic piece on December the 18th, entitled Global Audiobook Trends and Statistics for 2016. So let's get right into it. The global audiobook industry is currently evaluated at 2.8 billion U.S. dollars. This is primarily due to the sheer amount of new titles that were produced in 2015. 43,000 new audiobooks were released this year, which is a slight increase from the 36,000 that came out in 2014, and a far cry from the 20,000 that were issued in 2013. According to a recent report by the American Association of Publishers, downloaded audio had the highest growth in the first eight months of 2015. The number of audiobooks sold increased 43% in August compared to August 2014. This brings the year-to-date growth for this format at around 37%. Since the industry is g- generating so much revenue, many companies that specialize in statistics are beginning to pay attention. For the first time, audiobook and audiobook subscription services are now being tracked by Nielsen. Now, Nielsen re- Releases these annual reports, a part of BookScan, a part of StatShot, and 20 publishers proclaim that the subscription model for audiobooks are is actually proving to be more lucrative than eBooks. Approximately 3.8 million audiobooks were downloaded in 2015, compared to 2.4 million eBooks that were read. So. In terms of, e- of subscription services, people are consuming more audio content than actual ebooks. So from all the research I've done and all the companies that I've spoke to, they're really hyping up the new distribution models as being one of those pillars of growth in the industry. And when I talk about new distribution models, I'm talking about bundling, I'm talking about uh, audiobook subscription programs, and even different methods that you probably have never heard of including the library. So I talked to probably about 12 different publishers in putting this article together. And from what I learned is publishers are willing to experiment with different mod with different models that they maybe didn't consider in the past. Companies like Blackstone Audio, Gilded Media, Hachette Audio, Harper Audio, and Naxos Audiobooks have all committed themselves to audiobook subscription services bundling. Scholastic is one company that has been at the forefront of embracing alternative distribution models and are willing to take risks. The company currently has over 400 audiobook titles, which is an overall increase by around 32% over 2014. One of the big reasons why their catalog has grown is because production costs have decreased by over 50% since 2009. The audio editions that have proven to be most popular Over the course of 2015 were movie-driven titles such as the Hunger Games and the Goosebumps series. Linda Lee, VP of Publisher Scholastic Audio, told me that the traditional audio customer will find your titles wherever you offer them. However, many of these non-traditional distribution models are targeted to the non-traditional audio user and or customers who have never listened to an audiobook before. The hope is through a subscription or a bundling model, a non-audio user will be enticed to try audio content and become a convert additionally these types of models offer the chance to sample your product i.e offering the first few titles in the series hoping not hook the customer who will then go to a more traditional full price model to find subsequent titles to the series that and once they're hooked so In terms of the audiobook subscription model, it's hard to really have a conversation about the companies involved in this space and not talk about Amazon. Their Kindle Unlimited platform features over 2,500 audiobooks, which is fairly paltry compared to the competition, but they're... They've made it work. Kindle Unlimited has only been available for a full year, but the company already has commands the largest market share. A survey report from Peter Hildik Smith Codex Group confirmed that they have more subscribers than any other company. The report also showed that Amazon's subscriber base grew by 10% between November 2014 and April 2015, while the customer base of its smaller competitors fell by uh, around 30% over the same period. So, one of the largest players in the space is Scribd. They originally launched as a document-sharing service almost a decade ago and was one of the first companies that got into the unlimited ebook subscription space. In 2014, the company got bullish about audiobooks and they ironed out an agreement with Findaway to include over 30,000 titles. They expanded their catalog in April of 2015 when they started dealing directly with major publishers. The VP of Content Acquisition, Andrew Weinstein, said that Scribd's first Year of offering audiobooks, users logged more than 270,000 hours using the company's apps for Android and iOS. The big problem with Scribd is that their audio program was almost too popular and it failed to generate po- profit. This prompted them to pivot from an unlimited listening plan to allowing their subscribers to access a single title every month and if they wanted to listen to more, they had to pay extra. Our goal is to connect readers to books in a meaningful and sustainable way, said Andrew in an exclusive interview with Goody Reader. We forged new ground when we created Scribd, and innovation often requires iteration. We made adjustments to our business model in order to ensure that we can continue to deliver great value to our subscribers and be a long-term partner to publishers. When we first launched the Scribd subscription service, we were entering uncharted waters, and we bore the risk with the Contract terms. Two years in, we've proven that there is a true consumer demand for a reading subscription service. Likewise, we've shown that Scribd is a strong partner to publishers. We are open to future iterations on the model, provided that we reach the terms of the publishers that are both fair to the authors and the Scribd. Playster is the newest entrant to the US market and they've just launched a new lo- unlimited service. Unlike their contemporaries, they have numerous tiers to give you access to ebooks, audiobooks, or you can sign up for the premium package to get access to everything. The catalog currently features 250,000 ebooks and more than 60,000 audiobooks. The CEO of Playster, Phil Keezer, told Goody Reader why his company got involved in audiobooks in the first place said, audiobooks were almost always appealing to us, but we were further buoyed by the fact that other subscription service had begun to introduce credit systems for audiobooks, e.g. script. This provided an opportunity for us to give our members a better deal than they would get elsewhere. He went on to say, The, pub- the popularity of audiobooks has seen tremendous growth over the past couple of years, due to how great they are for multitaskers. Audiobooks have become the soundtrack to people's activities. In the past year, it seems more and more books have been getting their audiobook counterparts. In order for audiobooks to grow further in 2016, Phil had some interesting thoughts. It would be great to see bigger name actors and narrators with larger followings. I think... This will help audiobooks to grow further. Better production value will also help blur the lines between audiobooks and other media types such as movies and music, which is hugely exciting. Audiobooks have the potential for great achievements within the next year, and it's great that they've been getting recognition through awards and accreditations. New features could make audiobooks more immersive synchronization between audiobooks and their ebook counterparts is one example that we've been seeing and in the future we could even have listeners choosing their own endings using spoken feedback audiobooks with animated qualities tend to be very successful and while we don't believe in these bells and whistles are always necessary those certainly help to take make the medium more powerful Audiobooks.com does not have an unlimited subscription model, but they've been in the business a really long time. This has afforded them a unique perspective on the inner workings of the industry. And recently GM Ian Small sat down with Reader for an exclusive interview. He said, I'm a big champion of the unlimited subscription model. There are many stakeholders involved with audiobooks, authors, narrators, publishers, customers, retailers, and everyone involved in the production pipeline. So it's going to take some time, and obviously trial and error to find a model that works for all parties involved but is becoming more commonplace for the consumer to enjoy their digital media in its capacity there are perceptions of other industries that are currently working on the all-you-can-eat model and it has not worked out favorably for all parties involved e.g. the music industry so i understand that the reluctance to completely dive in and deviate from retail models it's going to take some time and a little tweaking to get it right for audiobooks Ian then alluded to his company's future plans in the unlimited subscription space. We're trying to find a model that can expand the market and lower the barrier for consumers to enjoy audiobooks while trying to avoid mistakes that have happened in other markets and their right holders. It's a learning process, albeit an inexpensive one, to figure out what works and doesn't work and build on this. I think that the concept of subscription audiobooks will slowly be refined in 2016. Companies like FindAway are looking to limit the amount of risk that retailers take. I heard that they're developing new tools and features that will monitor budgets and ensure that companies will not spend more than they are fin- financially able to. So, I've talked about FindAway a few times during this report and I just kinda of want to explain what this company does. They're likely the largest company involved in the audio industry that you've never heard of. They have a hundred thousand titles and they deal with over two hundred publishers. They do not sell audiobooks directly to consumers, but they offer a powerful API system that retailers all over the world employees to sell audiobooks to users, your local library, and non-conventional distribution models. Their client list is fairly extensive. They power the audiobook collection of Scribd, Playster, Bitlet, Baker & Taylor, 3M, Nook Audiobooks, TuneIn, and hundreds of other companies. I think it's in Findaway's best interest to keep their customers successful and develop all the tools that are needed to keep the unlimited subscription model viable as a business model, but also so the retailers could actually make money from it. I spoke with the VP of Digital Content, Ralph Lazaro, and he alluded that people involved in a subscription p- space should take a look at the Netflix model in order to be successful. After all, his company just provides the audiobooks For retailers But it's really kind of up to them To curate it in such a manner That they can be successful Netflix does not have every new movie That comes out But provides enough new content That draws in new subscribers Once they have watched a few new movies They will likely binge watch Older movies or television episodes What Netflix is doing Is very applicable to the subscription audiobooks You don't need every new Frontless title that comes out Because the costs are just too prohibitive And if someone subscribes And listens to two or three of them you've actually lost money the trick is to add enough new content so you can be fresh and current and encourage users to consume royalty free and backlist audiobooks which are more affordable for the retailers one of the big trends of 2015 has been bundling. Retailers and publishers have been talking for years about trying to bundle print or digital books with an audiobook. If you own something, shouldn't you be able to get the audio edition at the cheaper price? Few companies were willing to be first to market with a concept like this, but Vancouver's Bitlet hit the scene and everything changed. Bitlet announced in late 2015 that they've come to terms with the new business deal with Findaway. Bitlit has an app called Shelfie that allows people to take a picture of their bookshelves, and it produces a detailed list of what books you own in conjunction with their catalog. So you can basically just take a picture of your bookshelf, and it'll say, okay, you know, five of these fifty titles have audiobooks that you could either get for free or, you know, uh, pay well below retail price. The CEO of Bitlit, Peter Hudson, sees adding audiobooks as yet another way to further our mission of promoting reading freedom across formats, allowing readers to access the stories they bought they've bought whenever and however they choose. It's too soon to tell whether this model will prove to be successful or not with customers, but it's a completely sound revenue model for Bitlit because they're not really taking any risks. If you have a collection of books. Many like me, I have like seven bookshelves in my apartment, just overflowing with books. Why would I want to kind of say, okay, you know, I wouldn't mind getting the audiobook version of this, but if I use Shelfie, I could actually get it for like 60% off off the retail price just because I'm using a Shelfie app and I've proven to the publisher, you know, I'm already buying your books, hook me up with the ebook or the audiobook at a cheaper price. Libraries and audiobooks is huge right now. One of the big cornerstones of the entire audiobook industry has been derived from the public library. Tapes and CDs used to be sourced by a multitude of distributors, but collection managers have an easier time in this digital world we live in. Audiobooks have grown significantly year on year in the library sector because they do not have the same metered access that eBooks do. When library collection managers purchase an audiobook, they do not expire after a certain amount of checkouts, nor do they have to buy them again year after year it's definitely not the same as ebooks one of the great things about audiobooks as well is that they are often because they don't abide by the same type of pricing mechanisms uh, such as agency pricing audiobooks traditionally for libraries to invest in is significantly cheaper than an book collection there hasn't been much innovation in the library sector, and there hasn't been many startups that are helping the audiobook discovery process or developing new tools to make better sense of big data. I remember when the ebook industry was first taking off around 2010 to 2013, you couldn't go a week without hearing about a new company that was looking to disrupt the publishing industry. Uh, but things aren't the same with audiobooks. Perhaps the most dis- disruptive company currently operating in the digital audiobook space for libraries is Hoopla by Midwest Tapes. They abide by th- the demand-driven acquisition concept, which opens up their catalog to libraries, and the libraries only pay Hoopla when a patron checks out a specific audiobooks. There are numerous back-end tools that libraries can establish a p- specific monetary threshold so they can set up a budget and ensure that they're not overspending really all they're doing is that they have like a huge catalog and library, you know, instead of libraries picking and choosing which ones they want to show, they just like here show our entire library and you only have to pay if someone borrows it. It's a, it's a pretty sound concept. Customers have been responding to the uh Cupola audiobook concept. There were 630,000 borrows in 2014. And this year, They have eclipsed over 3 million. What is surprising is their catalog of content is fairly modest. In 2014, they only had 12,000 titles, and that's 12,000 titles and 630,000 loans. In 2015, they had 21,000 titles and he had over 3 million loans. That's crazy. Hoopla is predicting by the end of 2016 that they should be able to offer over 30,000 different audiobooks, and they're really hoping to break the 7-8 to 8 million mark. 3M Baker and Taylor, Hoopla, and Recorded Books are some of the major players involved in the library sect- sector, and they source the vast majority of their titles through various distributors, most notably Findaway. There's one company, though, that has been blazing their own trail since the beginning of the digital audio era. Instead of parting uh, with third parties, they have created one of the largest content ecosystems in the world. This company is Overdrive. Overdrive has built their own audiobook ecosystem by establishing relationships directly with publishers and distributors instead of leaning on third parties. They own the platform, and this puts them in a very unique position in the marketplace to be able to determine their own fate. In 2014, the Overdrive catalog featured 60,000 audiobooks from over 100 different publishers. Users are very engaged with this format and Overdrive reported that worldwide listening totals were around 32 million. This was in, of course, 2014. We don't really know the 2015 figures yet, but Overdrive said that they would hook me up with them in early January. So uh, look for this post on our blog to be updated to reflect that. David Burley is the Director of Marketing and Communications at Overdrive. He said that... 2016 is going to be a banner year for the company. He said, unlike ebooks, audiobooks do not require the same type of time investment. I've heard many reports of people listening to audiobooks they borrowed from the library while commuting to work or during a lengthy rehab process. Overdrive is going to be releasing some new features in our audiobook and ebook catalog called insight. This is a new tool that uh, will, that was developed that has collection managers in mind. It provides real time analytics, circulation data, and how affected their self assembled collections are faring. It'll be a, It will be able to demonstrate what audiobooks are proving to be more popular than others and what genres uh, users and their communities are engaged in the most. So Overdrive Insights, I think that they just announced it on their blog a few days ago. Uh, We kind of let the cat out of the bag a bit early in this report. But Overdrive Insights, I think, is going to be something that's not only going to be awesome for audiobooks, but also ebooks as well. So we've talked a little bit about how the industry is doing overall in terms of market share. And we've talked a little bit about subscription, bundling, and different revenue models, uh, including libraries. But audiobooks are relying on narrators. And narrators, more than ever, are in demand. Jim Dale is a narrator who... (laughs) He... Did all of the new Harry Potter books, and he did an astounding 134 different voices. A performance that spans all seven volumes and earned him more accolades than any uh, audiobook narrator in history. Uh, Dexter says he is in reading Rowling's books. He's equally spellbinding his renditions of the English classics such as uh, Dickens, Verne, and Barry, although he's only created a puny 42 voices in his 2003 reading of A Christmas Carol. Stephen Fry is one of the best narrators in the world, and his rendition of all seven Harry Potter books for the United Kingdom edition has been heralded as one of the best audio performances of all time. Many people are actually lamenting that his recordings are not readily available anywhere else. In late 2015, Fry signed a major deal with Amazon-owned Audible, The Voice, The Coin of Dionysus, and a game played in the dark by Ernest Bramsch which features the blind detective Max Caranos, who was first introduced in the literary world in 1914. Audible has an extensive track record of relying on star power to make their audiobooks more appealing and to garner interest in the public. Matthew Thornton, the VP of Communications of Audible, explained this to Goody Reader. One of the ways we've worked to improve the overall customer experience of listening to audiobooks is in elevating the quality of audiobook performance such as embracing A-list celebrities. Among those who have recorded for Audible are Colin Firth, Dustin Hoffman, Kate Winslet, and Susan Sarandon, as well as up-and-coming young actors uh, from Juilliard, Yale, Stella Elder, and other acting schools where Audible offers narration workshops. We've had great success with celebrity narrated projects like uh, The Great Gatsby or Ben Stiller performing the Secret Life of Walter Mitty. He alludes that audiobooks are basically theaters in your ears. And Audible has really done its best to raise the visibility of these, this burgeoning art form. So I kind of feel like self-publishing audiobooks were not really there yet in the industry. Self-publishing ebooks, Super easy. I mean... You only have to Google self publishing ebook and I mean millions of results from startups to scams to uh vanity presses such as author solutions. I mean every major digital bookstore has a self publishing program for ebooks. Almost nobody offers it for audiobooks. Perhaps the most popular audiobook self-publishing solution out there is audible creation exchange publishing on authors who you have unused audiobook rights can post them on ACX along with narration processors such as the narrator's gender, accents, or voice types. Audio publishers and audio studios as well as individual narrators with home studios can search for titles that interest them and then audition to turn those rights into audiobooks. Rights holders can hire a narrator or producer, create entrepreneurial partnerships with shared royalty structures that allow audiobooks to be produced without upfront costs Al- alternatively existing audio publishers can simply use acx to discover audio rights to produce on their own there has been a huge influx of self-published authors who are using the exchange to self-publish their own audiobooks and distribute them through audible and itunes and even to sell on their own websites this is creating plenty of opportunity for people who want to break into the audio publishing industry from narrators all the way to sound engineers Audible has dominated audiobook and self-publishing for a number of years, but it may see some new competition from the audiobooks.com initiative Authors Republic, an aggregate audio publisher helping to bring independently published audiobooks onto more platforms than ever before. It will submit your titles to over a dozen merchants, including audiobooks.com, Audible, iTunes, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Scribd, Downport, downpour, and tune-in, as well as libraries, providers such as Findaway and Overdrive. Audio- authors Republic will appeal strongly to international authors and publishers who are often excluded from similar distribution services based on regional restrictions. Authors Republic offers a backdoor for international authors to bring their audiobooks to the sizable North American market. So, some people are bypassing all these systems altogether and doing their own thing. Most notably somebody who's made the in, who's been in the news a lot lately, Andrew Peterson, belongs to a traditional publisher and found out that they were not willing to make an audiobook version of his book because he was a debut author. He used his own m- money to hire his favorite audiobook narrator Dick Hill, who may be best known as the voice of Jack Reacher in Lee Child's best-selling series to provide the track for the audio version of his debut novel First to Kill. The audiobook is now selling more lucratively than his ebook. So if you're a traditionally published author, check your contract for audiobook rights, because often if you're like a debut author or has only done like one or two titles, chances are there might not be an audiobook clause. So you might be able to self publish the audiobook version and retain almost all of the revenue from it, if not 100% of the revenue. So I feel that, so indie authors, are, you know, if you don't live in the US, you can't use Audible Creation Exchange. Authors Republic hasn't even debuted yet, although it is like in closed beta. But if you're like an indie author and you want to make an audiobook, I mean, how hard can it be, right? Well, it goes beyond investing in a microphone and a mixing board. Uh, for example, the sound must be consistent because consistency in audio levels, noise, uh, spacing pronunciation helps give the listener a great experience drastic changes can be jarring and are not keeping in with professional production uh, for example extreme fluctuations in volume means the listener must have the keep their hand by the volume control and this detracts from the listen, listening experience there is a lot of things to consider if you're self-publishing such as you know you can't record all in one shot you got to break up each chapter into separate audio files you know there has to be a certain decibel rating you have to do it in such such a killer hertz it's you know each file can't be longer than 170 megs i mean it's there's a lot to it but i think you know, if you want to read more about this, you can read my official publishing post here at Global Audiobook Trends and Statistics for 2016 at GoodyReader.com. I'm not going to get into all the ins and outs of self-publishing, but I do have them all listed. So, one of the strongest avenues of growth in 2015 has been the international audiobook market. Many of the industry experts I spoke with are all predicting that the Spanish language audiobooks will be a big thing in 2016 there were only 300 audio titles that were produced in Latin America and this is attracting the publishing industry that wants to do more translations to market it into countries such as Spain, Mexico and South America. Scandinavia is also one emerging market with only 500 digital titles available and about 50 to 100 will be produced in 2016. This is creating ample opportunity for local opportunities to start early and grow organically some notable entrants in this field are Nextory and Fabula, who both have made an unlimited audiobooks work and maintain a healthy profit. Germany is one of the largest audiobook subscription markets and retail markets in the world. 25,000 titles from 400 different publishers are available. Each year, there's around seven to 800 new audiobooks being produced, and customers are responding in a big way. In the last 12 months, close to 5 million people have purchased an audiobook, with basically accounts for 7% of the overall population. The medium is so powerful that last summer, 20,000 German Filled a Berlin stadium Just to listen to one of the most popular Audiobook series Being read aloud by an ensemble cast Audiobook sales in Germany Are actually doing better than ebooks But there's one company That's capitalizing on this the most That's Amazon owned Audible The success of Audible Is is incurring the ire of the German Publishers Association who just filed a petition to the European Commission whose primary grief was that Amazon is stifling local competition from entering the market. Alexander Skippis, the head of the German trade body, said, the business model of Amazon and Audible is aimed at destroying the excellent book trade structure in Germany. These companies are avowedly on the way to establish a monopoly. He said that Audible imposes unreasonable conditions on publishers in order to get get the audiobooks as cheap as possible and sell them at a huge markup. I think Germany will likely see a number of well-financed startups into the audiobook industry in 2016 because the market needs a homegrown company to compete against Amazon but to also be a poster child to prop up on a pedestal. This is similarly to how the Tolino alliance was established to compete against the Amazon in the ebook arena. Podcasting and newspapers are two segments of the audio industry that really don't get a lot of attention, but it's absolutely going crazy. Um what I've noticed is that Everybody from, like, the New York Times to the Guardian to the BBC, they do audio editions of all of their stories now. They don't really have singular apps that you can download. Like, you can't, like, download Guardian audio and instead of reading articles, you can just, like, listen to all the top stories, which I think would be awesome for... Companies like that that traditionally haven't done radio but are doing audio editions of their stories, I think that this is, like, going to be a big trend in 2016 is you'll start to see the emergence of aggregate audiobook apps that will actually pull all these audio stories from, like, all these sites so you could, you know... Read the daily news from like the New York Times, the BBC, the Guardian, all these different sites, all these different services. Instead of having to vid- visit them all individually like you do now, you can just download one app that will allow you to listen to them all. That is a very excellent business uh, you know, model that I think some people could take advantage of. But in terms of podcasting, this is a segment that is huge. There were 12 billion downloads in 2014 and in 2015 podcasts were listened to over 4 billion times edison research reported that fully one-third of all americans 12 ages older have listened to at least one podcast podcasts command and captivate an audience Unlike few media can an endorsement rating coming straight from the mouth of a trusted podcast host feels intimate and authentic. It's much harder to click away to another screen or channel surf while you listen, One of the largest podcasting networks is Apple iTunes, but it only has 16 categories, which makes it pretty hard to discover new and emerging content. One of the pitfalls is that no one's measuring exactly how many exist. Most estimates suggest that there are around 180,000 podcasters currently active. One of the big growth segments are podcasts that cam- that cater towards books discovery and be able to assist you with finding out about new authors, new books, and upcoming titles. I have a huge list. Um, my, some of my favorites are an user of podcast titles, so you can Google them, is Goosebubs, Books on a Nightstand, Book Riot, Geek's Guide to a Galaxy, Sword and Laser, The Digested Read, and Smart Bitches Trashy Books. So, what are the trends for 2016? Well, I mentioned about the apps and and aggregating, you know, places like The Guardian, but so... The audiobook industry right now is growing at the same rate as eBooks did from 2011 to 2013. Every major publisher are ramping up production and trying to get more titles at the door and into the ears of eager listeners. This is creating a new opportunity for young people to break into the industry. Well, it's be you know whether it's becoming a professional voice actor, a narrator, or just learning how to construct an audiobook at a production level. I Think audiobooks might be a very viable career path for many young people. Graduating film schools or private audio engineering schools instead of just working in the music or television industry. There are plenty of growth opportunities for companies looking to take advantage of this space. One of the most notable examples is Audiobook Discovery. There's simply not a lot of review websites that specialize in letting you know which new ones are worth listening to and what classics have been, you know, recently redone with good narrators. The average customer only knows what's on the front page of Audible and. You know, your local library too might not know what audiobooks their community wants, and if there's no voices actually saying, "Hey, you know, these audiobooks, they're not getting a lot of promotion, but they're excellent, check them out, and this will help everybody in in you know buying, listening from like retailers to consumers. On the same token, there needs to be big data being done to monitor sales and analytics the author earnings website is doing an amazing job of letting everyone know how trade and indie ebooks are doing whether it's in the us or uk but nobody's doing this with audiobooks so i also think that there is a lot of self-publishing opportunities for you for indie authors Uh, as i kind of stated is that if you don't live in the U.S., there's like no way that you could really self-publish an audiobook, whether you live in Canada, India, Australia, or the Netherlands. So I think that there is plenty of growth for companies that maybe the U.S. market isn't the best market to break into because you can against Amazon. But like let's say that you live like in New Zealand or you live in Johannesburg or you live in Israel or you live in – I don't know like Denmark start start locally you know build up your local market and then expand into other countries once you actually have developed a sound business model you don't have to go global at first start locally start in your own country and kind of go from there so One of the big audio segments in 2016, I feel, will be the automotive industry. Many companies are trying to establish relationships with big companies like GM to make connected cars work and get audiobooks happening with either Apple CarPlay or Android Auto or via apps. In late 2015, Honda released a new Road Readers program, which provides a huge number of free audiobooks and a large selection of paid content to any and all Honda owners. Uh, Here's how it works. You simply just visit the Road Readers website at Honda dot com and register. Owners will be um, asked to enter ensure- their 17 character vehicle identification number or vin and then you'll have access to five free audiobooks a month from honda and then um you know most of them are catered towards like kids and teens but i think that this is a big space and almost everyone that i talked to in putting this article together while saying you know There's a few different ways the automotive industry could work. You could either build apps like into the computer dashboard that all new cars have. I don't drive, so I mean, I don't even know what they're called, right? I just like Uber when I'm traveling or just like cab everywhere locally. Or my friends pick me up in like one of those car to go's or something like that. But so I don't know anything about cars, but from what everyone told me that. The dash system kind of works fine, but they would rather see more systems being built into your smartphone or tablet and then either connected to the dash via Bluetooth or Wi-Fi. But they don't really want all these different screens. They kind of just like want what's always on you, it's your phone. So make something that's phone friendly that can, like, can that can connect up to your car and then give you content you know um i i really kind of get a sense from what everyone's told me in the audiobook industry is that everyone's making apps for smartphones and tablets first android and ios are the two operating systems no one's even doing stuff for like blackberry 10 hardly anyone's doing anything for like the Windows space whether it's like Windows Mobile 10, Windows Mobile 8.1, a native Windows app. You know, even like the big companies have no no interest in doing something like that because just like the market segment's too small. So, I feel that if they're asked to like make apps for Apple CarPlay or apps for this and apps for like Android Auto, it's just like how many users are actually, you know, how many cars actually have on trade auto? Do we actually want to devote all the engineers and man out or, and like hundreds of thousands of dollars to make an app? If only like a few thousand people are going to use it, it's not really worth it. But if you have a phone that is – you already have an app for it, it's not – too hard to augment your app to suit a car manufacturer's needs to give them a few free audiobooks a month if you own a volvo or a honda or like a mercedes and whatnot so i hope you enjoyed my report if you have any comments questions or concerns you can visit our website goodyreader.com or you can leave um, a message or leave a review start rating if you're listening to us on itunes For everyone, thanks for listening. This was a huge article for me, so I hope you enjoyed it. Everybody take care.